The Bronte sisters lived near the moors of West Yorkshire, a landscape made famous by Emily Bronte as the setting for the classic novel Withering Heights. Bronte described it as a place where you can see the country beautifully all around and the air is healthier for you, fresher and drier. The upland moors of North Yorkshire are now a national park with miles of quiet hiking and bird viewing to stir your imagination. To help us understand what the moors offer us as a way to enjoy the wilds of England, we're joined now by British tour guides Tom Hooper and Roy Nichols. Roy and Tom, thanks for joining us. It's a pleasure, Rick. Thank you very much. Roy, you know, people refer to the moors, but I don't think they actually know. In fact, I don't know for sure exactly what it is. What is a moor? Well, it's easy to define. It's an upland area where there's high rainfall. You have a very acidic soil. And the combination of the two, the acidic soil, the high rainfall, poor drainage, give you a very impoverished soil. Very acidic. uh, You can't do much except graze your cattle. Exactly. So you're going to have very poor grazing, a limited number of plant species, very boggy, very wet. And so really sheep are the only thing that actually survives. The two big species you'd expect would be the common heather, Coluna vulgaris, which is very common in most moors, and also bogs, which are dried out to make peat, sphagnum moss that has died. Now, it's my sense that there's a heritage that these things were sort of uh, public property, commons, areas where anybody could graze their cattle. Well, they were for a long, long time through the medieval period, but then with the rise of the great estates created by the great industrialists of the 18th and 19th century, they started enclosing much of the common land throughout Britain, particularly in England, and so a lot of these moorland areas that had been common land beforehand were denied to the most of the population. Because these are so barren and so poor for farming and so sparsely populated that only later on in the history then would they be, the ownership would be asserted and they would actually build stone walls. But they, they still have that, that windy, desolate character. They do. Even though technically they might be owned. Oh, it's some somebody. of the most evocative scenery in the British Isles. And you find it throughout the British Isles. Tom Hooper, if I'm traveling around England and I want to visit some moors, what, what are a few of the great moors that I might want to consider visiting? Well, the, the most famous are going to be in the southwest. They're going to be Exmoor and Dartmoor. Exmoor and Dartmoor, yeah. down by Cornwall. Down Cornwall. Cornwall. Yeah. And there are smaller ones, including Bobbin Moor and Cornwall. Uh-huh. And then, of course, if you go up further to the north and the east, you get to the North York Moors. Now, this would be if you use York as a home base, you could hop off from there to visit you this. Could, you could then go further up north. All right. Yeah. And yeah. you have other upland areas yeah. like yes. you've got the Yorkshire Dales to the west of the Yorkshire Moors, separated by the Yorkshire Dales. Yorkshire Dales, a lot of people consider James Harriet country. It is, yeah. That's the area he wrote about, although he actually lived closer to the Yorkshire Moors. And although they're strictly not speaking moorland areas, they have many of the aspects of uh, these moorland areas. Now, every time I go into the moors or the dales, I'm sort of inspired, wishing I was a little more literary, because there is a a lot of literary connections Mm. with these moors. Roy, just when you think about the the literature connection to moors and dales, what are what are some? Well, the names first thing that know? comes to the mind is books like Wuthering Heights. Mm-hmm. Um, the Brontes lived in the Yorkshire moors and wrote about the area, and so many of their books, Jane Eyre, Wuthering Heights, Absolutely. are all set in the Yorkshire moors. Tom, some other literary. Um, well, if you go down westwards with Exmoor, you have Lorna Doon, and further west you've got Daphne du Maurier's Jamaica Inn, which is set on Bobbin Moor. You know, even even in modern times, Ted Hughes's poetry. His ashes are sprinkled on Dartmoor. Yeah. Hound of the Baskervilles? Hound of the Baskervilles is also Dartmoor, yes. Fox and then you get Myers. obscure books like uh, writers like Mary Webb, who was a writer in Shropshire, where I come from, who wrote a famous book. This is largely out of print called Gone to Earth. Mm. And yet it was one of the most famous of the Victorian novels in the late 19th century. 
Roy, if you were walking through the North York Moors, what's something that you might come upon that reminds you why this is a great place to go and explore? Well, it's, for me, it's the remoteness and the sense of isolation, a sense of peace, a sense of separateness from it. It's a very ancient area, of course, and in fact, North York Moors has one of the most famous, the Roman roads running across the... You can actually see Roman cobbles, Roman Roman stones. Yes, most Roman roads were actually sort of graveled, mm-hmm. um, but this is actually paved, and for a stretch of several hundred metres, you can actually follow the Roman road. Tom Hooper, what's a sort of an evocative moment you might find uh, in a moor? For me, it's the windswept desolation of it and walking through this extraordinary... As you walk, you disturb the heather, it smells, and you come across suddenly a tiny prehistoric remain or something like that, and it's completely unexpected, nobody is around, it's utterly remote. It's your private it's discovery. your discovery. There's the wind, there's a few stray sheep, yeah. yes. there's a stone circle yes. that nobody knows about. The Brits love their um, ordnance survey maps. Yes. Are those still the tool to take? Uh, They are still, but if you wait a little while, the paper ones will disappear and it'll all be with technology. So you can get your um, your Google map going. going Ah, okay. And Ordnance Survey will be on. The Ordnance Survey. You can get an app for Ordnance Survey. Okay, because I I just love the old-fashioned Ordnance Survey maps, but I would imagine now you get an... Well, it's an app. An, an application for, for a tablet, basically, and you can download the maps from that. All right. I agree with you with the paper ones, by the way, because there's nothing like rain soaking through a paper well, map. And can I, can like I you're just, really earning the wonder of it all. Can I just give a vote for the old paper ones because you can get them vinyl covered these days. You so can. They don't disintegrate in the rain. And there's nothing like, like a real book as opposed to a Kindle, there's nothing like a proper map. But maps are really important on areas like the moorland areas because oh, yeah. they be, can become very, very dangerous. Yes. Tom's mentioned the, the weather box. can change. Rain can come down, the mist can come down, and you need to be able to ac- accurately navigate. Because, funnily enough, some of these are also places where the Ministry of Defence have That's their right. sites. That's right. And, the, and they are not mapped much at all. <laughs> you, don't, you don't want to stumble onto a, a, a bombing no. site. But it's, you know, Which but we, it's you can easily do in areas like Dartmoor and <laughs> the Northumberland Moors. I remember once trying I've to tape <laughs> a TV bit, and I could not get my bit done because there was all these explosions yeah. going off behind me, and we chose a very scenic area yeah. that happened to be a, a yeah, military Yeah, the military area. love scenic areas. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Why is that? So now, what, what's another tip if you're going to enjoy it? What, what were the handful of most important tips if you're exploring the oh, I, th- I think the other thing is you, you have to at some point come off the moors and into the villages and the moors mm-hmm. because they are gritty in whether it's granite or some other stone and these villages have a character themselves and are always welcoming nothing like a pub with a good fire and, and it doesn't matter where you are whether it's the yorkshire moors the yorkshire no. dales or down in devon quite sensibly the farmers would build their houses they would build their villages down in the sheltered valleys so that you come down off the tops into these lovely quaint villages. Ch- for Chagford in, on Dartmoor. Chagford, I yeah. love that town. There's yeah. a B&B in Chagford that's incredible. In my younger days, I used to stay in the youth hostel in Gidley, and then Chagford is a nice place. You know, people complain about the rain. I don't know, but I like coming into a pub in the middle of this wonderland outside, and my glasses are all fogged up because it's so warm and cozy There is something inside. extraordinarily cozy about that and sort of enveloping. Enveloping is the mm. word. And there's a and famous close. pub on Exmoor, where the fire has been going, I think it's the it's the Royal Oak in Winstow. Yeah, in Winstow, the fire has been burning for five hundred years, and they've never let it go. No, out. They've still not been able to put it out. <laughs> I want to go there. 
This is Travel with Rick Steves. We're talking about fires that have been burning for 500 years. We're talking to enjoying wild ponies and heather and walking on ancient Roman roads and then stepping into a pub and wiping the condensation off your glasses and realizing you're part of the family. You're welcome. Sit down by the fire. Here's a nice... What kind of a hot well, drink would you have? It was cold. Oh, what kind of hot drink would I have? I'm an Englishman. Uh, I would like a cup of tea. A cup of tea. That's right. That's what you'd have. A cup have. of tea. A cup of tea. <laughs> a cup of tea. <laughs> the one, one other tip is don't walk into a bog, although you'll be there 2,000 years later. You'll be part of a museum 2,000 years later. <laughs> the bogs. This is Travel with Rick Steves. We've been exploring the moors with Roy Nichols and Tom Hooper. Thank you guys so much. This has been fascinating. Again, it's a pleasure, Rick. Thank you very much. <laughs> Rick Steves has spent a third of his adult life in Europe researching and writing guidebooks. Europe Through the Back Door teaches the skills of smart travel. Travel as a political act adds meaning to the journey. And Rick Steves' best-selling country, city, and pocket guidebooks cover every corner of Europe. To learn more, visit the Travel Store at ricksteves.com.